Black love is in the air, ladies and gentlemen. Valentine's Day is closely approaching. Of course, in that same theme and in that same vein, our show today is about Black and in love and in real estate. Yes. <laughs> My guests today are a husband and wife team of a brokerage, very successful real estate brokerage here in the Sacramento area. And we're going to have them on right after the break. I'm going to introduce you to them before we go on the break. But stay tuned because they are going to share their successes. They're going to share what it's like, what it's been like to work together under COVID, you know, 24-7 love, 24-7 seeing each other, raising children, and running a very successful business in addition to the other things that they're doing in their lives. So stay tuned for that today. Before they come on, I want to talk to you all about this article in Real Estate Talk, How to Be an Anti-Racist Real Estate Pro. I found this article interesting because oftentimes we hear people say there should be no racism, there should be no discrimination. Black people should just pull themselves up by their bootstraps because there's so many laws and so many things have been done. You know, segregation is over. Um, there are fair housing laws. Why haven't black folks just done the things they need to do to be better financially and economically? So I found this article to be interesting and informative. And so I want to share it with you all. And it's from Inman and it is by Lee Davenport. And this is this article is taken from a series called How to Be an Anti-Racist Real Estate Pro. So if you are one of our non-African-American listeners out there, this article is for you. <laughs> In love, of course. <laughs> for this year's Black History Month, and because we are still in a pandemic, I leaped at the opportunity to virtually participate in the Equitable Donor Series, Lift Every Voice, Racial Equity and Poverty, a series of online conversations that inspires anti-racism action through art and courageous conversation. From soul-shaking poetry to a one-person play, this was a great way to bring our community together to reflect. Because it used Zoom, we were able to have breakout rooms with a handful of participants to share our personal reflections. In our breakout, one participant shared earnestly and somewhat cautiously. Curiously, my friends and I get how redlining and restrictive covenants prevented people of color from home ownership before the civil rights movement of the 60s, but it seems the systems aren't racist anymore. We have laws to stop that now. Instead, it just seems that it is based on a person's financial situation. 
I appreciated this white woman speaking up because I realized her sentiment likely reflects that of others. The systems aren't racist anymore. We have laws to stop that now. Yet real talk, we all know that the presence of law does not mean that there aren't law breakers. Amen. The presence of laws simply mean that there is now the possibility of a penalty if one is caught and convicted. If you've ever seen Dateline, the TV show that often featured the horrifying, tragic, and cautionary stories of missing or murdered people, you get this reality. In truth, spotting lawbreakers requires an enduring vigilance that frankly can be both tricky and exhausting. The same is true in real estate because fair housing laws do not stop cold turkey, the remnants of racism and housing. Let me say that again. Fair housing laws do not stop cold turkey, the remnants of racism and housing, which I will categorize under verbal gymnastics and lingering aftershocks, steering false information and prerequisite inconsistency. The controversial 2019 Newsday housing expose and the subsequent state legislature hearings in 2020 caught on camera what felt like to me could be a new Olympic event, verbal gymnastics. Prospects for housing, the testers, were given different, inconsistent, and in some cases, downright false information and prerequisites to complete. More current than the Newsday report, an interracial Ohio couple in January 2021 filed a lawsuit alleging they were discouraged from purchasing in an exclusive white Michigan suburb neighborhood by white real estate agents. Yes, that is plural. White real estate agents were involved. In all of these recent instances, at best, the real estate agents tested and or sued revealed poorly managed paperwork and non-existent client system. At worst, the real estate agents tested and or sued revealed a thinly veiled attempt to illegally steer prospects. The argument for the former may sound like, quote, my intent was not to violate fair housing. I simply do things differently for the different needs of my clients, end quote. That's still not legal in this context. For the latter, it could be that the intent was to outright violate fair housing. That's definitely not legal in this context. Real talk, the fair housing laws do not require intent as a state of mind. Rather, these acts examine the actions or omissions of actions and the resulting effects. Thus, the somewhat childlike plea of, I did not mean to, does not free one of guilt when it comes to breaking fair housing laws. For the people in the back, she says, let me be clear. Our intentions may have been pure. And what, me, what, and we may even say, I do not have a racist bone in my body. Just ask those who know me. I have friends and family of other races. I only see green or other defenses to show your president prejudice-free heart. Yet if our actions or omitted actions violate fair housing laws, then we have broken the law, period. Impact is greater than intention. The solution then is not solely being a well-meaning real estate pro, but actively an anti-racist real estate pro. 
So what other proactive steps should we take as individuals, as well as members of realty firms and associations? I'm so glad you asked. Wink, wink. <laughs> Watch and grab the gems that Richard Rothstein, the author of the seminal work, The Color of Law, shares in this information-packed interview include what realty firms and associations should do beyond giving an apology, why a voluntary reparations fund is needed, the importance of justice, equity, diversity, and inclusion, the importance of real estate associations and firms being proactive and self-auditing fair housing compliance by partnering with local fair housing centers, how school test score data unintentionally preserves segregation and disparities in housing, how you individually or collectively with your firm and association can participate in the new movement to redress racial segregation. Lingering aftershocks from redlining and racist covenant restrictions. Earthquakes are often followed by aftershocks and typically we have to maintain vigilance during the aftershock, whether or not we were injured or saw damages by the initial quakes because new or additional in injury and damages can occur. Surprisingly, but not surprisingly, even the quakes or lines man-made beginning in the 1930s to keep people of color, and in some instances, immigrants out of certain communities, AKA redlining and racist covenant restrictions, did not just screech to a halt in 1968 with the passing of the Fair Housing Act. Surprise, surprise. There have been aftershocks that are still rever reverberating today. This Texas community tried to address them, but instead created other problems. They go on to talk about a Texas community that had issues and they had a strategy to remap the, review the mapping inequality project, lobbying for fair housing to be improved, reviewing Rachel Morolo's studies on the current effects of segregation and creating Google alerts to stay current in their community. So what this article is telling us, and I have, so on this show, I've read from Rothstein's book, The Color of Law. If you've listened to me for any length of time, you've heard me mention him. And in addition, I've had urban sociologist, Jesus Fernandez on the show, who is sort of our local Richard Rothstein. And I say local, but he is actually known nationwide as well. And they do the same type of um, investigating of this information and, and looking into things of this nature. The list that I read off from Richard Rothstein as far as what to do, how to be better, I'm going to post that on my website. I'm going to share that with other real estate professionals. And if you'd like a copy of the links, because it actually has links I know there are people and oftentimes we're approached directly by white individuals who say, what can I do to help? What can I do to, to make it better? So if you want to have something in your arsenal to be able to help them answer those questions, just reach out to me, send me an email at agentkee007 at gmail.com, agentkee007 at gmail.com. 
and I'll share with you these links, which again, I'll read to them, read you them really quickly. What realty firms and associations should do beyond giving an apology, why a voluntary reparations fund is needed, the importance of justice, equity, diversity, and inclusion within our firms and associations, the importance of real estate associations and firms being proactive, how test score data unintentionally preserves segregation, and how you individually or collectively can participate in the new movement to redress racial segregation. So reach out to me at agentt007 at gmail.com if you'd like a copy of those links to be able to share. And when we come back from the break, we are going to introduce our guests for our session today on Black love, in love, and in real estate. You're listening to 97.5 FM KDEE. I am Agent Key, and we'll be right back. I need a glass of water. Okay, <laughs> y'all. Remind me to say, are we taking that, that? You know, I need another reminder. That can't be the reminder. <laughs> Do it right on a piece of paper and then hold it up during the segment. Um. Hey, you guys, I see you all watching. If you are watching the show right now, send us some comments. Say hey. Say hi to Abdul and Zenobia. If you're friends, family, co-workers, you guys let us know you're out there. <laughs> Don't let the secret out. He's such a sweetheart. <laughs> all that talking. <laughs> Let's see. So, are you guys open to taking answering questions from callers over the? Should we do that? Absolutely. I just, you know, Doesn't people call like, in. I just, to me, I think they just get some. Like I wish we could screen them. Uh, <laughs> oh, before they go live. Before they go live. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't get a crazy person on there. But you're doing that because with while well, like music is playing and you you're kind of screening them because you got music covering you. Like if I'm uh, talking to somebody, I don't have anything covering uh, me. They're listening right. live. Yeah. Right. <laughs> hey, Miss Valencia. Hey, girl. Yeah, they wouldn't hear you over here. Yeah. You know, I'm be fancy. You know, I need some WD-40 on this microphone. <laughs> Well, you know what? And I think my microphone, not the microphone, the volume was up high on here. But when they start talking, do, you, do either of you have a cell phone on speaker listening? Do you have another no. device? Listening? No? no. Yeah. So I think it's me. Yeah. So I think what I have to do is pull away from, because I think it happened before, and I had to back up. So I'm learning. I'm learning. 
We are selling Sacramento and on today's show in the vein of Valentine's Day, my special guests are Abdul and Zenobia Latana and they are the husband and wife team of L.I.G. Yeah. L.I.G. Realty. L.I.G. Realty. I was trying to remember it from, you know, it, you know how that goes. L.I.G. Realty. And Abdul is a broker. He's got a lot of letters behind his name. He has done quite a bit. Both of them have so much. They're so gifted, so talented. They bring so much to the table. I love them as a couple. I adore them. I had the honor of having breakfast. It turned into breakfast, lunch, and almost dinner with Zenobia one day. Absolutely love her. So we have them on the show today because they're going to talk to us about what it's like to be a husband and wife team, both in real estate, raising children, doing business together, what's it been like in COVID. And today, if you are listening and if you'd like to call in and ask them a question, do I even remember the phone number? It's been so long. <laughs> Is that it? Is this? It ain't that Nine, way. Two, one, five, three, three, Nine, okay, I had to get it. The, it. the number to the station, you all, is 916-921-5333. So if you'd like to call in and ask them a question while we're talking online, feel free to do that. And we are also on Facebook Live and YouTube Live and Twitter Live via Periscope. Periscope's going to be going away soon, but it's converting fully over to Twitter. So you can watch the episode there today. Abdul and Zenobia, hey y'all. Hello, hello. <laughs> so tell everybody a little bit about yourselves. I am Zenobia. I am a real estate agent. I work with my husband. I'm also a certified life and business coach, which I just absolutely adore and love helping and empowering people to live their best lives in life and business. Myself, Abdul Latona. I'm a real estate broker uh, and also a full-time real estate investor. And that's really what I focus on is playing in the real estate field. <laughs> right. right. And so one of the things, I actually spotted you, Abdul, a long time ago, maybe a couple years ago. Huh? You are flipping properties and you're not just flipping a property here and there. Tell us a little bit about that endeavor. How'd you get started and what are you doing now? Gosh, um, really how I got, how we got started into flipping real estate was um, when we bought our first home mm -hmm. and um, we had a, I didn't have my real estate license back then. I had a, we had an agent represent us and, you know, we bought it. I read for some years ago, it's probably almost seven years ago. We bought yeah. a fixer upper. And you know, we had no clue about construction, it was bad. but you know that, that was our budget during that time when we were just fresh out of college. How much was it? Uh, gosh, the market was cheap then. I think we bought the home like almost $150, $160. It was a what? <laughs> it was ridiculous. Four bedroom, like two baths. Yeah, yeah, it was a ridiculous know? price. Yeah, we bought that and we, um, yeah, the home needed a lot of work. So, you know, we kind of got our boots on and we started working and teaching ourselves how to do a lot of things. and. 
And um, after that, I think that was kind of what sparked the interest in real estate was after, you know, really getting to know our agent a little bit more and, you know, seeing the process and how she went about doing things. And, you know, that kind of sparked the light bulb. And that's when I moved forward with actually getting my real estate license. And after that, you know, I was able to we was able to acquire our second home. And after we bought our second home, the home next door to us was an investment property that came up for sale. And during that time, I didn't really have a lot of knowledge about flipping. So I kind I wanted to go after it. And then we were kind of like, no, we don't we don't know enough yet. So let's kind of just scale back. And we literally watched the flippers turn that home from start to finish. So we kind of got the front row seat and just watched. And we were going, I had my real estate, you know, keys and everything and license. I was going in the property, taking a look, kind of observing what was going on, taking notes and, you know, watch everything from start to finish. And I think that was really what sparked the interest into really learning more about flipping real estate construction and, you know, really diving more into that arena. So that was kind of what put me more into that direction there. Yeah, that is pretty exciting. So you caught the bug when you once you saw what happened, you're like, hey, yeah. <laughs> <He did. laughs> yeah. absolutely yeah, caught yeah. the bug and started looking at the numbers. I said, oh, <laughs> I was I was so different. Like I I mean, I was working full time as a teacher. He was in tech and I just thought I'm just going to teach and that's it. And um, I just remember when we first got our home, I was looking at is it ready? Can I move in? Is it ready? And then he's like, no, 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 no. Let's look at this house. That's not ready. Walk in top to bottom. I mean, chickens everywhere. And <laughs> chicken, chicken wallpaper. It was so bad. <laughs> Pepto-Bismol walls. And he's like, he's like, babe, yeah, this is it. This is it. This is opportunity. This is what we call opportunity. I'm like, for what? For who? And right when I walk in, I'm like, there's no way. And then he's like, look, this is what we're getting it for. This is what it's, you know, this is how many bedrooms. Let's go ahead and do it. So when we walked in, we literally taught ourselves mm -hmm. how to do everything because we wanted to save money. And he takes opportunity and money as like, that's just his golden ticket to move forward. <laughs> so we sat there after work and, and we were pulling things up and painting things and and, and it was not perfect. The first one was not perfect. It, like he said, we learned how to do it oh, over time. and over. Yeah. So with that... <laughs> I'm hearing you say something and I want to ask you, you said, wow, this is crazy, but ultimately you supported him. I did. That takes me to how did you two meet? Tell the story, please. I love this story. Um, you know, we met in a grocery store. We actually met in um, I thought I was going to meet my husband in church, and it turns out, you know, God uses more than church. <laughs> so yeah, Say it again. Say it again. He uses more than church, so be prepared. You could be walking down the street, and that's it. Um, so for me, it was like I had just transferred down to Sacramento State. We both went to Sac State, mm -hmm. and um, I did not ever go to the store that was down the street from the house, but I had roommates, and I had to get some cleaning supplies. So I was like, I'm just going to put on a sweater, sweatshirt, look crazy, and uh, get what I need. I had I was very guarded at that time, so I had no intention uh, from my past of bad relationships. I was like. 
I'm just doing my own thing. I'm going to go to school, study, and be done. And lo and behold, in Safeway, Abdul walks up to me in the aisle <laughs> with his basket of chicken and, and what was it? It was potato wedges and Oh, I'm and sorry. Potato wedges know, and chicken. <laughs> and um, the first thing I remember is he smiled so big and it was, he was so sweet. And we started talking and he was asking questions and it kind of, Go ahead. What what else happened? Yeah, I think for me it was more. She said she was wearing sweats. I thought she looked really good. That's why I said, "Let me go up and talk to this woman." <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm number five. I'm number five. <laughs> so, yeah. so yeah, I just started spark the conversation with just asking questions. I think she was more interested in my food more than more more than actually talking to me. But she said, oh, "I wasn't looking at your food." I know. No, I, lunch, but. I. I was. <laughs> I was wondering why does this guy only have potato wedges and fruit in, in, in a basket? Man, I was on a college student budget. <laughs> that was, he was eating. At least he was eating, girl. Like, what is he eating? Yeah. <laughs> but now we, um, yeah, we sparked the conversation, and I was asking questions and. And when it came for the time to ask for the number, I said, you know, let's take contact. Can I get your phone number? And she's like, no, nah, no, nah, let me get your number. And I'm thinking to myself, she's not going to call me. <laughs> I, I was like, so you can actually call me if I give you the number. She said, no, nah, I'm, I'm not going to call. I said, okay, okay, well, let me get your number. I actually he, he slid that in very well. He was like, are you going to call me if I give you my number? And I said, no. Why? Because I'm guarded. And I'm like, mm -mm. and then he's like, okay, then I'll take yours. Yeah. So yeah, so yeah that's really how we met. And then um, we got engaged on that same aisle. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that was, yeah, that was the same exact aisle that I proposed to her um, three years later. But the way he did it was hilarious. He takes me to dinner. And then he was like, <laughs> Hey, I have to go in this store and get deodorant. And I was like, deodorant. something up. I was like, <laughs> and then I said, deodorant. What do you? What? We're gonna go. You're gonna drop me at home. He's like, uh, I stink. I I have to go get something. <laughs> I don't deodorant. know what to say. And I was like, what? So he takes me um, into the aisle. Um, I didn't know what was going on at all, but all of a sudden I see the cashiers, customers, everybody. <laughs> I had to call them in advance. I yeah. coordinated the whole thing. Called the Safeway manager. He was a good friend of mine. I told him, hey, this is what's happening. 10 o'clock, 10 p.m. at night. Make sure you have everything ready. I'm leaving Olive Garden and I'm coming to you. Yeah. <laughs> so it was nice. It was nice. It was beautiful. And uh, right when we walked on the same aisle we met, there was a bouquet of flowers. And and uh, my favorite song is In Sync This I Promise You. And so uh, one of our friends from a Christian group, he came out playing uh, the acoustic guitar, guitar, my favorite yeah, instrument, yeah. <laughs> singing that song. And then my best friend, who was my roommate at that time, came filming it. So it was it was beautiful. I will always remember Safeway Aisle number five. <laughs> Oh, that that I love that story, ladies and gentlemen. If y'all are listening, take notes. Mr. Abdul just gave you some hints. <laughs> right around the corner, call your local Safeway or Bel Air and get it. A moment that you'll never forget. I love that. That is so creative. But that's special. That's specific just towards you two. I think that the lesson that you're teaching the gentleman is to pay attention to your lady. Okay, y'all know my engineer's in here rolling his eyes all the time. Side 
and me. You know what? I'm not about to throw him under the bus, so I was about to say something because he already said he will hit me. But so Abdul, we talked about how you guys met. And you shared a little bit with how you got started with the flipping business. What are some of the toughest challenges that you both face as a couple in business together? Nothing. It's perfect. Okay. Oh man. Okay. So um communication. Um, when we first started business, we thought we were both CEOs of the company. So as we're sitting down, like, yeah, yeah, we're going to start business. I felt like I could contribute everything, do everything. And he thought the same thing. So our conversations were like, we were butting heads constantly. So I quit about three times. I was like, this is my two weeks. I have to rehire <laughs> And um, as time went by with a lot of prayer, a lot of like refocusing and everything. And then the other problem, oh, the other problem we had was my feelings kept always getting hurt. Yeah. And I was like, but I'm your wife. But and then you're like, partner. But you're like, partner today. <laughs> and so it was finding like this balance. Yeah. And I think it, what, what did we start doing that really helped Well, I us? think, I, I think it was, like you said, it was finding a balance, really understanding, you know, what each other's bringing to the table. Yeah. You know, Zenobia comes from a, from a teaching background, you know, she brings that organization, that structure that any, any business needs. And, you know, for me, I come more from a tech background, project management, finance, you know, I'm more technical. So when it comes to the execution, you know, that's when I bring my talent and my skills to play. So we really just kind of own each other's roles. She has her roles. You, you know, I have my yeah. role that I play. And then we come back together, you know, we bounce off ideas. And, you know, she she really and you know, and when I need to plug her in and ask things in my space, you know, she comes in and you know she fillers in as well. So yeah. a big part of it is really just understanding what each other brings to the table, understanding your business partner's talent or your spouse's talent and really letting them, you know, fully utilize that and don't cut them short at all in their in that space. Right, right. And it was in and I think a, a huge thing, it was realizing it was a humbling experience, realizing at the end of the day we're human, we're not good at everything. Yeah. So there cannot be two CEOs yeah. in a company. Yeah. And it, it was it was just kind of like, okay, what are how are you designed? What what are your strengths and what are your strengths and how can we put that together to make a dynamic business? And when we, when we really did that it was like this beautiful partnership started coming and just flowing. And um, yeah, there's still challenges, but it's definitely not how it was. I haven't quit. I have not quit. It's been four, four months and she has. So has four months been your longest stint at the company? No. No, I'm joking. I think it's important, like you said, it's that. You know, it's that humble approach that you have to take and understand that, hey, she's she's my wife and she's also my business partner. So I have to step back and say, OK, so you have to really listen to her as a business partner, because sometimes when you work with your spouse, you're like, mm, I don't want to hear it right now. <laughs> she's, a business partner. she's actually making sense what she's saying. Yeah. But I, 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 yeah. 
I can see the dynamics. And so the people that are listening to you over the radio, they can't see you, but I'm watching you two interact. And our Facebook, our social media audience is watching the two of you interact. And you are very genuine and authentic. And I see the way that uh, Abdul, when he talks about you, he's glowing. He's still in love, girl. I, you are. You got a gem right there. And I that, Abdul, that you're saying she matters. Yeah, you, it, absolutely. Zenobia said, you know, we couldn't both be CEO and we both were bringing something to the table. And you affirmed that. You came back and said, yeah, you know, she's my wife. But she's and no, she's my wife, and she's got some good ideas. Let me listen to her. Yeah. Yeah. Relevance to her in being in the company, so it prevents you from having to fight over and, and who's the head or who's in charge doesn't even matter at that point because you're really accomplishing the goal of the company. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and and I think a big thing that I'm seeing both of us do is even with our team that understanding of being a listener first, I think is really trickling into our business. And we've just such an awesome team. And so being able to also look at their strengths, what do they bring to the table? Mm -hmm. And how can we do this as a team? Nice. Because all the parts matter. Mm -hmm. And so that's, yeah, and he does phenomenal with that too, when they're doing the actual flips inside, yeah. yeah. Tell us yeah. a little bit about your team. What does who does your team consist of? As far as what do they do? How do they function? Where is yeah, everybody? A big part of it, you know, we've got you know, um, we've got uh, our our main agent, which is Laura Landry. She's also a real estate agent with us. But from my on the flipping side, you know, I've got you know an electrician. I've got a plumber, a roofer. You know, I've got skilled laborers that come in there to do a little bit of everything. So all around. So, you know, I'm on site with them as well, project managing. So, so you know, my team, they're, they're full of a lot of talent. And, you know, these are people that, you know, I've grown with over time. It's not, you know, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. And shout out to all of them, Kenny, Ziggy. And, you know, they're probably watching too. A lot of my, a lot of my team folks, you know, these guys, they work hard. <laughs> yeah. So, and it, it's not a relationship that's sprung up so quickly. You know, it's a relationship we've built over time with these guys you know, and with these contractors locally, yeah. you know, and, you know, we've, uh, you know, we've learned to really trust each other and mm -hmm. really work together. And that's the, that's the most important thing is, you know, when you have a team like that in place, you have to be able to trust them, especially in this type of business. And you have to be able to step away from time to time, knowing that things will be okay, you know? So, yeah. and I think that that's really what I see in our team and that's yeah. what I'm more happy about. And they're, they're very loyal. Yeah. They're very loyal. And, you know, one of the biggest things when we're looking for a team is not do they just know a skill, but are they are they able to learn? Are they willing to learn? Because it's, mm -hmm. it's not having a know-it-all, yeah. but it's having somebody that has this humbleness to them that says, I'm willing to learn. I'm willing to listen. Go ahead and teach me. And I think that's something that we really look for. Mm -hmm. And that's what our team is. I mean, they're they're there. They're constantly there. Uh, like you said, loyalty. It's uh, it's yeah. important to have that on the team. You know, I'm, I'm more about you know. I, I'd rather have a a tighter team that's loyal than a than a larger team of people just kind of running around. You know, they think they know it all, and mm -hmm. you know, not willing to actually learn your process. Yeah. You know, that's that's kind of my approach. Share with us some victories or success stories that you've obtained together. Gosh, um, I think There's like we were just talking about, I think a big part is is our team, 
you know, the relationships that we built over time. I think a big part of it is the partnerships that we built over time, mm-hmm. because, you know, a lot of the business uh, ventures and everything we do in business, is not just Zenobia and Abdul, you know, it's a, there's a whole, a whole, set <laughs> the, of the whole, there's a lot more people involved than just us, you know, yeah. so, so, and I think that that's a big part of it is, is the partnerships, the relationships, um, and that's a big part of it. What do you think? Oh my goodness, there's so many. I think one that really stands out to me besides that is when I say that God has just like blessed this business just from planting that small seed of seeing a messed up house and then the seed planting, that took faith. It took faith, it took faith to leave our jobs. Yeah. You know, to really do that and raise two kids. And so to see God's faithfulness in that, I think, has been amazing. But not just that. It's been so good that we have, you know, we are completely debt free, like all the way around. And so when we talk to people and they ask those questions, I'm like, look, if you could take me coming into this space and not seeing any vision at all, but then still walking alongside my husband and really doing this, that is powerful. What, whatever that thing is in your heart that God is putting that is for you. And you're the one that told me this from our long, our long date conversation that if it's for you, it's for you. Right. And it was something that I feel like, um, man, it was for us. And I just, I know that there's so much more to come. So that, that was a big, the debt free, the, that's my biggest thing right now. Now you mentioned the kids. Tell us about the kids. (laughs) I I believe one is napping and one is probably playing outside. (laughs) Yes. Um, We have the, in my opinion, like the best kids. We have three. Oh, Ozzy, <laughs> the dog. Um, yeah, I feel like we have the best kids for us because I just feel like I learn how to be a better person because of my kids. My patience is tested every single day, but um, my kids are my world. And there is my daughter. She's four. Her name is Azaria. And um, my son is Zachariah. He's two. And they have so many qualities like of the both of us put together. I mean, talkative and then direct. And then, I mean, there's, there's a whole mix. It's just, it's fun and it's crazy and it's beautiful and messy all at the same time. (laughs) She says her patience is tested every day. Me, it's every minute. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. Um, I I love my kids. Yeah, Yeah, and I think one of the key things with them is, you know, they're so different, you know. We have our daughter, you know, she's all about princess and, and she's the fire. And I got she's my son on the yeah. other hand, he's just playful. He doesn't really take anything comedian. serious at this end. And he's literally a comedian. He's he a, he's jokes a comedian about everything. at age two. <laughs> if, he, if, he, if he doesn't want to do something that you want him to do, he's found out how to fake faint. I like, he just faints, he just passes out. And then you pick him up and he's limp. He's and then he goes and like, no clue, but they are, they are just the greatest. I wouldn't trade for the world. They're just everything. Now, one of the, um, yeah. oh, let me see. One of the success stories that you shared was getting out of debt and being yeah. debt free. Yeah. How would you, how would you tell 
or what am I trying to say? Other people listening and watching who are couples, one of the biggest obstacles when you're in a relationship and, and, you're, and you're married or if you're married, someone has a great idea and they may be passionate about it. They want to pursue it, but it's going to cost them money. It's going to take an investment. Was any of that a consideration as you guys were moving forward? How did you handle that? And how did it come into being debt free? Uh, let me see. So, so more so like if like business wise, if somebody has an idea. Yes. I, what I'm thinking of is because COVID has developed a lot of entrepreneurs. Oh, yes. And oftentimes when someone gets a wild hair, when, when you have something that God has planted in your heart, you become super passionate about it. Yeah, yeah. You can only hope and pray that you have hooked up with the right person who's going to support you <laughs> in that endeavor. Yeah. Well, it's funny that you say that because um, I think that that was something I was always thinking because me being an entrepreneur, oh, you know, okay. I'm always getting crazy ideas, you know, and the biggest thing is, okay, how am I going to present this to my wife? Is she going to be on board with this? And, you know, do I have to butter her up for a little bit and <laughs> take her out on a couple of days and then throw it in and say, hey, look, honey, this is what I'm thinking, <laughs> you know? Sometimes he does because, that. Um, and, and the reality is, you know, and, you're, and you'll know that in the relationships is everyone's risk tolerance is different. Yeah. Me, I have a really high risk tolerance. My wife, on the other hand, she has a super low risk tolerance. So I have, to, which is good because it balances us out and right. you know, high, low, it creates medium. Yeah. So it allows me to really put all that into perspective and say, okay, well, she's not going to go for this. So let me, how about, you know, tone it down and, you know, you have to have it fully packaged before you present it. And say, hey, honey, look, these are the benefits of this here. This is what I'm thinking. This is what the upside looks like, and and really explain it to her, and hope that you know she will she will buy along with it. Well, I think for me, one thing, especially with having kids, and I don't know uh, if anybody else does, but uh, financial security, it's just a big right, deal yeah. for me. It's what I value. It's one of my values. And so when my husband comes to me, and I have millions of ideas too, but he actually wants to act on every single thing. And so uh, when he comes to me with that, I think wisdom has been, okay, that's great. But like he's saying, we'll kind of say, what are the actual benefits? What's the why here? Like, why, why are you really wanting to do this? Is it, is it just because, is it because you saw somebody else do it or is this something genuinely behind your why like why you want to do this and then if it is if it makes sense if it's like wow then it's kind of like plan 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 rather than just jump off the diving board it's kind of like let's do some tiptoes in let's do more research into this but let's do this as a team and then as we do it we financially plan and we ahead of time say, what is it going to cost to get started? And I always tell people, start with what you have. And so that's where I come into the picture. What do we currently have to start this idea? And how can we go from there first? And then when money comes into the picture, we say, this, our home, our, this has to be taken care of first. Mm. And, then we, and then we plan. We, we financially and, plan it. Well, and I think that, um, and I think that for folks listening, though, 
failing is okay. Yeah. And I think that you have to be okay to fail because, you know, we've, we, uh, me being an entrepreneur, I've run through different businesses. I've done a lot of other things. Not everything was a success, mm-hmm. but, but eventually you will find that one niche that does work for you. So failing is okay. And I think it's important as a spouse that even if your spouse fails, you still support them through it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's important. That's very important. Yeah. yeah, and, yeah. I love that you said that. We're going to stop right there and take a break because not everybody is blessed to have a certified life coach as a wife while you are pursuing all of these dreams. So we're going to talk about that too a little bit more when we come back from the break. Everyone, you are listening to 97.5 FM KDEE. I am Agent Key, and we will be right back. All right. <laughs> this is great information. Oh, I want you guys to say talk a little bit more about um, and you because you started leaning into it, Zenobia, when you said plan. And oh, yeah. I like that you pointed out that yours is about you. You must have that feeling of financial security. Yes, and yeah. that is the direct opposite of Abdul, who says, hey, I am a huge risk taker. I get ideas all the time and I love every single one. <laughs> so, That's true. It's true. <laughs> it's like, okay, how do y'all make that happen and not be broke? Because there are a lot of people listening who are like Abdul. They pursue everything. But is there a strategy? Is there a method? How do you prevent from going broke, getting a divorce, you know, hating your spouse, that kind of thing? um, And you can just kind of take one of your endeavors and say, hey, this is what we did to prepare. These are the fights we had. (laughs) This is how it turned out. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And because I remember like the way that we planned for that, mm-hmm. how we met each other in the middle, oh, how yeah. it was like, mm-hmm. let's do this first. Yeah. 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 Miss Tara, this is such a great interview. Thank you, Tara, for watching. So when we come back, we'll have how much time do we have on the break right now? Uh, you have close to two minutes. Okay. Are you sure? No, I'm not. No, no, no we won't. Yeah. So the break right now is. So you got one more minute. To I'm trying to act like I'm. I can see the number without my glasses. <laughs> I'm squinting for real. But I knew if I said something. Okay, so we'll be back like 140. Oh, right after this, 147. So then we'll have like less than 10 minutes, just a little bit less. Okay, so when we come back from the break, we'll have a little less than 10 minutes. Yeah. So we'll give you that opportunity to talk about that. About your, we'll go into your uh, life business. Yeah. Then we'll give you an opportunity to tell everybody how to reach people. Okay. For the certified life coaching as well as your real estate. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so, like for me, it's just email me at abdulatana at elijahrealty.com. Oh, yeah, okay. Email, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I saw a chance to talk about how you go working. Okay. I think that we, you know, we talked a lot about planning. 
Hey everyone, we're back. You're listening to 97.5 FM KDEE. I am Agent Key and I am enjoying this interview today. We are speaking with Abdul and Zenobia Latana of LIG Realty. And before we went on the break, we were talking about the relationship challenges that you can have when you're a husband and wife, you're going into business together, you have one person who is very non-risky, uh, needs to have the financial security because it's just part of the personality and it's what makes life more comfortable and bearable. Yeah. And then you have the other person who is the humongous risk taker and every idea that pops in their mind is a great one. And not only that, but they pursue it. And I got to tell you, Abdul, that's me. So, I, you know, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> <Over here. laughs> so before we went on break, you guys were talking about taking those risks, but then also how to make it work, how to be successful um when the when the when the person who is not the risk taker needs that sense of security yeah in your case you actually support abdul in this you don't run away from it you don't become angry with him and say what are you doing you're destroying our family yeah but actually go through you know you have a plan a series a way that you approach it and it, it looks like it works so beautifully for the two of you so yeah. can you tell us a little bit so uh, i think what's uh like you were touching on was uh the key is planning and i think that planning is so important even though for us that are higher risk takers you know you still have to plan especially me being a married man i have to you know really honor what's important to my spouse so as having that financial security is what's important to her, I have to make sure that's satisfied and that's a requirement before I go after this next endeavor. Mm -hmm. Because I have to make sure she's comfortable if she's gonna be on the ride with me. Mm -hmm. that's really important. And one of right, now, before I um, got into real estate, I was, in, I was working in tech, you know? I wanted to leave my tech job early on, you know, but I know that Security was more important for my wife and my family. So I have to, you know, balance things out, you know, make sure there's enough reserve, especially for entrepreneurs. You know, we want to dive deep into, you know, our our passion, but we have to make that move on the right time. You know, and for us, it was, you know, having a year worth of reserves to live off of, making sure that, you know, if something did not go as planned, you know, the family was going to be okay for at least a good year. You know, so that's having a good year with the reserve. Some it might be, hey, we only need six months of reserve. It depends on the business, the type of business. But being that we're in real estate, we know it's a, you know, things could change very quickly. So we have to plan accordingly. So a big part of it is really just planning and, you know, making sure your your spouse's requirements are also being met along the way. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Okay. Oh, I was going to say, so just like he's saying, I think it's using wisdom. Mm -hmm. I just think that when you use wisdom, you're literally thinking, how is this going to affect me? Not just today, mm -hmm. but how is this going to affect me in a year or two? Exactly. So when he would bring these ideas now, mind you, even though my husband would jump and do things, it never was like we had zero dollars. And no, he's no, like, no, let's just jump. He always made sure we were taken care of. Absolutely. But 
it was like, hey, I have this really good idea. I want to present it to you. And me, as cautious as I am and coming from a teaching background, I'm such a planner in advance that it was like, okay, let's sit down and let's talk about what this looks like. Like, what is this gonna look like in a few months? Or, you know, what's the return on this? Or how does this look? How is this gonna affect? And then it was really looking at our bank account and saying, is this realistic? Or do we need to revisit this later? At a later date. You know, and I just remember we said, for us to be comfortable enough to take this move or for him to leave his job, we need to make sure that there's X amount in the savings. Uh, Retirement, this, that. Like we literally have different accounts for different things that serve different purposes. And I just think it's wisdom in general, whether you're an entrepreneur or not. Yeah, and I think that it's 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 about it's uh, like I said, it's the making sure your your spouse's requirements are being met, and it's just communication, t- communication planning, <laughs> and making sure that things are going to be okay. You don't want to be slipping on the bridge. <laughs> well, I have an idea. Yeah, on the bridge. I have an idea. <laughs> Hey, honey, we're under the bridge now. No more ideas. <laughs> no more ideas after that. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun stuff. Yeah. So, so what, what do we expect to see you both in 2021 and going forward? Exciting stuff. Yeah, exciting stuff. I think, uh, you know, we've got a lot really going and definitely we're going to keep doing a lot of what we're already doing, which is, you know, selling real estate, flipping real estate, and most importantly, also developing real estate. That's an area we're looking at, too. And you, uh, you know, you're a life coach, so let's talk about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. just like he said, we're going to keep doing what we're doing, which is exciting. It's always fun designing blank spaces is what I call them. Um, but developing, being able to just build from the ground up and customize. I'm so excited. We're so excited. And then um, I think the other part is um, the other passion I have besides real estate is I do business and life coaching. So I get the opportunity to work with mainly women, but I get the opportunity to take what I'm learning, the goods, the bads, everything, and pour it into other women and other people that want to create um, an even further vision for their family, for their life. And a lot of the women I coach center around businesses. They have ideas, they're moms, they're they're in a place where maybe they don't have a lot. And it's Mm -hmm. me being able to pour into them and teach them about who they are, what Mm -hmm. their strengths are, who they're made to be, and how to live abundantly, because we're all meant to live in abundance. And it's kind of like, and then taking that, and then taking a business idea, and allowing it to flourish in the current season that they're in of life. So it's so powerful, it's so fun, and we're honestly just excited. Oh, community, go for it. A big part of what we do, too, here at LIG is, you know, we partner up with different nonprofits, and, you know, one of our our agents, Lori Landry, you know, she does a lot of homeless outreach, and you know, uh, we want to get more into a lot of that, which is outreaching and helping out the community as we can as well. Yeah, and that's pretty great right now. Yeah, yeah. and the elderly. Elderly. Both. And that's Both. One. Yeah. Right. So we have just a couple short minutes left, but before we go, Miss Zenobia, with regard to your life coach, how would we reach you if someone were interested in receiving life coaching? Yeah, you can um, check out my website. It has full, full of encouragement. And then it also talks about the different packages that I have and my contact information. Um, That is www.paintedonpurpose.com. Paintedonpurpose.com. And um, or you can just email me 
And that's zlatona um, at yahoo.com. Okay. And how about you, Mr. Abdul? How do we reach LIG Realty to get my house flipped or? <laughs> you can simply just my house, it's no longer mine. <laughs> you can call us directly at uh, 916-398-0937 or simply just send me an email at abdullatona at ligrealtyinc.com. Because you are into sales as well as helping buyers. You you guys do it all. You're a full yeah, service absolutely. agency. So absolutely. tell us a little bit about the services you provide. Absolutely. We're, uh, we provide property management. We're into selling real estate, helping buyers find their home. And if you're a seller, if your home needs work before it goes on the market, we would also help you with that as well. And just and everyday people in houses, just renovations. Yeah. Yeah. So if someone needs their home renovated, you actually you have a helpful staff. You got a team to do that. Absolutely. Right? We have the resources to help you with that to make sure your home is, is looking right before it goes on the market. <laughs> Thank you so much. So give us that contact number again. It's a 916-398-0937. Awesome. And that is Abdul and Zenobia Latana, ladies and gentlemen of LIG Realty, we appreciate you both being on the show today. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you for having us. We enjoyed it. <laughs> and that's it for us, ladies and gentlemen. And remember, if you are doing what you were created to do, I will see you at the top. <laughs>